0: coming up now and established in the faith. When light is given and then that light is rejected, not only is the light lost which was offered, but what little light the person had to start with is lost as well, which leaves nothing but darkness. We are in Romans chapter 11. Last week we looked at how Israel rejected Jesus Christ as the Messiah, and how the Gentile world, even though they could have cared less about the things of God, when the gospel was given to them, many of them accepted Christ as their Savior. And of course, as you know, the Gentile world, having accepted Christ, came together and formed what we know today as the church. And Paul asks the question in Romans chapter 11, verse 1, Has God cast away his people? And of course, he turns right around immediately and answers that question, God forbid. Israel has only been set aside for now. There's coming a day when they will be restored in the not-too-distant future because of a remnant who has and will accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And he used Elijah the prophet, who said, if you'll look there in verse 3, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. At the time that Elijah spoke that to the Lord, things were not looking very well for Israel at that particular time. Elijah thought that he was the only one left who was really, truly serving God. But God said, if you look there in verse 4, I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. God knows the hearts of those who are truly serving Him. When you get right down to it. Verse 5, even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Now, again, I want to deal with this subject. Uh, Like I said, we dealt with it last week. The election of grace has nothing to do with God electing some to be saved while others He elects to be damned to eternal hell. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This term, the election of grace, simply means that at the time Paul was writing this to the Romans, there were some Jews who had elected God's way of grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you look there in verse 6, Paul said, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. In the mind of the Jew, keeping the law was, to them, salvation. They made salvation out of the law, which God never intended. Today, much of the world out here thinks doing good is salvation. I'll stand before God one day, and He'll measure my good deeds against my bad, and if my good deeds outweigh the bad, then He's going to let me go into heaven. I'm sorry, but that's not the way it works. No one has ever kept the law of God perfectly, and there are none that do with good, no, not one. Only Jesus Christ kept the law of God perfectly. He is the only one that did good. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And salvation is by faith in what Jesus did, not so much what we did. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. In other words, it's not us doing certain particular things. It's not us not doing certain particular other things. It is a gift of God, the Bible says. Ephesians 2 verse 8, it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast. What Jesus did at Calvary's cross was enough. Glory to God. What Jesus did at Calvary was enough. There's nothing left hanging out here for us to do. Now, we preachers like to say, God's done His part, now we've got to do our part. Well, what is our part? Our part is to simply place our faith in what Jesus Christ has done. Then the Holy Spirit will work within our hearts and lives. It's up to us to yield to the Holy Spirit as He moves and works in our life. The fight that you and I are called upon to fight. Some of you listening to me right now, you're fighting sin. You're fighting, you're struggling with something you've had a problem with for years, and you're fighting that thing, you're struggling with that thing. And sin covers a wide ocean front, it covers a wide territory. And many of us are fighting the wrong fight. We're not to fight sin. Jesus fought sin at Calvary's cross and won the victory for us. Our fight, the only fight that we're called upon to fight, is a good fight of faith and right before paul died he said i have fought a good fight and i have kept the faith that's what you and i are called upon to fight when you fail god now i know some of you are looking at me right now and that don't apply to me nevertheless when you fail god you repent of that thing and you ask god to forgive you i'm not giving you a license to sin no But I am telling you that when you fail and the Holy Spirit brings that thing to your attention, then you need to repent of that thing and ask God to forgive you and ask God to help you with that particular thing. That's how we grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Let's look at verse 6 again. Romans chapter 11, verse 6. And if by grace then is it no more of works? Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. In other words, if one tries to save themselves by the means of works, law-keeping, the list can go on and on, then, then grace is of no effect. The same can be said of sanctification. If A person places their faith in Christ for salvation and then turn right around and allow their faith to be placed in something else for sanctification, which is our everyday living for God and and how we grow in the things of God. If our faith is shifted from Christ and Him crucified over here to something else, that stops the growth process that stops the Holy Spirit from moving and working in our lives as uh, He wants to do. We said there in Galatians 5 and verse 4, grace has become of none effect. We have fallen from grace. If we allow our faith to shift from Christ and His finished work to something else, and it don't make no difference what the something else is, most of the time that something else is something religious, something that we're doing. I know uh, back many years ago, when I first started preaching, I noticed that if I fasted a couple times during the week, then when I got up and stood before the people on Sunday morning, there was, that there was a greater anointing of the Spirit and a moving of the Spirit. And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, in order for that anointing to be there and that anointing to move upon the people in order to get God's help, then I've got to fast So much every week. Now, fasting is good, and God knows I need to. Don't say amen. (laughs) But you need to fast for the right reason. Okay? You need to do it because you love the Lord, not that you're trying to earn anything from God. All right, Paul said there, if you'll look at the latter part of verse 6, otherwise work is no more work. If the works we do are for the wrong reason, it profits us nothing. We need to ask ourselves the question, Why do we do what we do? Do we do it because we love the Lord, or do we do it to try to obtain salvation, or to obtain some anointing, or to try to earn some brownie points with God, and whatever the case. We need to look at why we do what we do. Verse 7. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for. Israel thought that their 2,000 years of history in serving God had earned them something. They were God's chosen people. They were the people of the law. They were the people of the book. They were the people of the prophets. Surely, They thought in their minds that this had earned them something. Now, it did earn them blessings. When you read God's Word, you get blessed. When you praise the Lord, you're blessed. When you pray to God, you're blessed. I hope every time you walk in that church door, you're blessed. When you put money in the offering plate, you're blessed. But Israel did all of these things thinking that earned them something, and it did. They did have some blessings, but it did not earn them salvation and let me ask you this if israel after two thousand years of serving god could not earn salvation in all of their history how in the round world do we the church think that we can do any better we can't it simply cannot be obtained by just doing good deeds doing good works or 101 other things that one can mention it can only be obtained by faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ and Paul said right here if you look at it verse 7 midway but the election hath obtained it if you have elected to put your faith in Christ and what he did then you have obtained salvation glory to God Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And then he went on to say, And the rest were blinded. When light is given, and then that light is rejected, not only is the light lost which was offered, but what little light the person had to start with is lost as well, which leaves nothing but darkness. Let me say that again. When light is given and that light is rejected, not only is the light offered lost, but what little light the person had to begin with is lost as well. Jesus said concerning this very thing in Matthew 12, verse 45, He said, The last state of the man is worse than the first. Let's look at verse 8, Romans 11, verse 8. According as it is written, now the Apostle Paul pulls from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 10. As well, you can find it in Isaiah 29, verse 10. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear, Unto this day. Now, God didn't just do this thing. What we see in motion here is the law of sowing and reaping. In other words, if people do certain things, then there are consequences which are going to follow. When the Holy Spirit is rejected, that opens the door for demon spirits. Look at 1 Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith. In other words, some shall depart from Christ and his finished work to something else. And we see that taking place today. One preacher said not too long ago when he was interviewed. On Larry King. Got one of the largest churches in America. Larry King asked him and said, We noticed that when you preach, you never mention the cross. You never mention sin. We've also noticed in your songs that you never sing about the blood and the cross. And and why is that? And this well-known preacher said, When you preach the cross and tell people that they're sinners... And that they're so bad that God had to come down here and die for them, that offends people. And we just don't want to offend anybody. Friend, let me tell you, you can't get saved unless you're confronted with your sin. You've got to come face to face with the problem. If, if you don't understand the problem, then you're not going to understand the solution but we're not going to preach that because it might offend somebody we're not going to sing these types of songs because it might offend somebody let me tell you something worship that does not come from the foundation of the cross god will not honor it and he will not accept it all worship in the old testament God would only accept it if a sacrifice was offered up first. Your sin has to be dealt with first before you come before the throne of God. It's only through and by the blood of Jesus Christ that we can come before the throne of grace. When we attempt to go into the presence of God in a way other than what God has provided, which is Jesus Christ... Whatever that other way is, it only opens up the door for demon spirits. And Paul said right here, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, latter half, you're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Look at that. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of Of devils. When one deliberately turns a deaf ear to God's way, that act of unbelief automatically opens the door for demon spirits. And what happens is the person's heart becomes hardened. And it makes it much harder the next time the Holy Spirit brings that light to the person and they reject it, it becomes harder and harder for them to accept the next time that that light is given. The more a person bucks up against that, the more a person sets themselves against the moving of the Holy Spirit, sets themselves up against the light that the Holy Spirit is trying to give, the worse the situation gets. That not only goes for salvation... But it goes as well as one's personal growth in the things of God. When light is added, and then that light is rejected for whatever reason, the individual's growth in the Lord will stop. And I wonder today how many fall into that category. Entire denominations have fallen into into that category today. When the light of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Spirit was given as something for God's people today, some leaders in some denominations rejected it, saying that it passed away with the apostles and it's not for today. Others have gone so far as to say that speaking in other tongues, if one does that today, it's of the devil. Friend, if you don't agree with it, that's fine. But when you say that gifts of the Spirit is of the devil, you're borderline to blasphemy. And if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, there is no salvation for you. So we'd better be careful when we say that certain things are not of God and it's not for today. Those denominations who say that the baptism in the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, are not for today. And let me just go ahead and tell it like it is. The original free will Baptist fall into that category. The moment we... Put ourselves on that particular side. We have been on the decline ever since. There was a time when our denomination was preaching the cross of Christ and people were getting saved left and right. But when light was given and that light was rejected, we've even lost that now. The cross is little preached today in our churches much of what is preached today in churches is psychology pure and simple when i go to a preacher's conference and they don't even so much as even open the bible for the three days that i'm there and all they talk about is the brain and how it works and and psychology and all this kind of stuff friend that right there tells you The direction that we're going. And the situation has not gotten better. It's only declined and gotten worse. We've got committees set up in the denomination now. What can we do to grow the denomination? That's the focal point now. What do we, it's not build the kingdom of God, it's what can we do to grow the denomination. All of the work that we do now, if the work, like I said a while ago, if the work that we're doing is for the wrong reason, then it profits us nothing. Today, our denomination is vexed with a spirit of slumber. Exactly what Paul mentions here in Romans chapter 11, verse 8. It is a spirit of slumber, and the people sitting out there in the pew, they don't bit more know whether the preacher's reading out of the Bible or whether he's reading out of Reader's Digest. We've traded the mourner's bench for the counselor's couch. The new preachers coming out of school today are told to counsel people talk with people and find out what works best for them i know what works best the cross of christ works best that person needs to repent of their sin get their heart right with god let the holy ghost get a hold of them and deal with them and let god have his way in their life And if a person would repent of their sin and get right with God and let the Holy Spirit have His way in their hearts and lives, that'll solve a lot of the problems that people have. They'll stop having to take them pills. And a whole bunch of other anxiety medications. And all of this other kind of stuff. Because God has told us that he has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. It's found right here in this Bible that I hold in my hands. But we're drifting further and further away from the foundation of Christ and his finished work. Now we're left With a form of godliness, but we're denying the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and to make us into what we ought to be. All right, let's look at verse 9. Romans chapter 11, verse 9. And David saith, Let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. The table refers to prosperity, which always accompanies the Word of God. When the leadership of Israel even so much as halfway tried to follow the Word of God, they were blessed. But the people got focused on the blessings rather than the one who was giving the blessings. And the blessings became a snare. They mistook the blessings of God for the approval of God. And such became a stumbling block. How many today used to go to church? They got blessed financially. And now you don't see them much in church anymore because they're either at the beach or up in the mountains every weekend. They've allowed the blessings of God to become a snare and a stumbling block. That's the reason why God has to limit His blessings to some Christians. Because He knows that we can't handle it. I said, the reason God ain't blessing some of you is because He knows that you can't handle it. And thank God for that. God knows what's best for us now we can go before him and ask him but don't get mad because god don't give it to you he knows more about you than you know he made you